verses 1 through 4. This is Paul speaking, and he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith, this is verse 5, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I, I share this with you this evening um, as a reminder and sort of a continued uh, building block of our mission together as a church body. You know, we are uh, on mission together to make disciples. That's what we're called to do as a church, and you'll hear me talk about that often because that's what our calling is as Storms Cove Baptists and as individuals. We were told by Jesus as he was ascending into heaven to go into all the earth, baptizing them and teaching them the things that he's taught us. And so that's our call. That's what discipleship looks like. And in this section of scripture, as Paul is talking with this church at Corinth about uh, the time that he was with them to bring about that work, Paul um, speaks these things with this background in mind. Paul, as you know, if you've been in the church long, was a scholar and was an orator of the highest order. And he was not, in this case, speaking with some sort of sense of humility in what he was trying to communicate, but was saying that when he preached the gospel, he would veil the power of God if people became impressed with him and became impressed with his word, or became impressed with his work. There is a pastor from the 19th century who broke down this verse in this way, real and effective fasting by a preacher is not fasting from food, but fasting from eloquence, from impressive diction, and from everything else that might hinder the gospel of God from being presented. The preacher is there as the representative of God, as though God were pleading through us. And when we talk about this particular passage, this, the heart of what Paul is seeking to communicate is not just about preaching, but it's really about the work of the church as a whole. When we think about what we're called to do, we're called as a church body in our preaching, in our worship, in our service, in the things that we build, to do these things to honor God, but not to do these things in a way that seeks to cause people to be impressed with us or be impressed with our skill or impressed with our talent or impressed with our abilities. It doesn't mean that we don't give our best, but we do that in such a way that we don't seek to distract from what our ultimate mission is, which is to bring people the gospel. And so when we think about this idea in the context of Starnes Cove, I'll speak from my heart for a moment. When I get up on a Sunday morning in the pulpit or when I come to speak to you on Wednesday night, my, my best hope is not for people to leave on a Sunday morning and say that my preaching was phenomenal. My best hope is not for people to say that the way that I communicate the gospel is clever or impressive or humorous or any of those things. 
that's not really what I'm seeking to do because if I'm not careful and I think of all the mechanisms by which I could get a person's interest and I put those into my sermon, then what happens is the ultimate message of the sermon, which is the gospel, which is the work that God can do and has done in our lives, becomes masked. And what people see as a result is I may be impressive for a Sunday, but God is lost in the message. But that doesn't just have to do with preaching. That's true for all of the work of the church. And so when we think about music, our hope with the music that we sing here and worship to here is not that it's grand, not that people are focused on how incredible anyone's voice is, not for people to leave a worship service and go, man, the way that that piano was played or that organ was played was just something amazing. Our hope is that, yes, God is exalted in those things, but that your attention lingers on God, lingers on the message of the song, not the song itself, lingers on the message of the instrument, not the instrumentalist. The same, too, goes for our setting. When we talk about the church and its aesthetic and its appearance, the building or the work we do in ministering out in the community where people can see elements of our work. We don't want people to be distracted by the beauty of our building. We don't want people to come in and go, man, that sanctuary is one of the best in Western North Carolina. It's just beautiful in there. Those things are fine and that's good. But if we're not focused on the main message and instead we're focused on elevating our aesthetic or elevating our sound or elevating our message in such a way that people become impressed with us and we've not accomplished much. Instead, they're focused on how wonderful Starnes Cove is or the preaching is or the music is. Now, what Paul isn't saying is he's not saying give your best. Yes, give your best. Do well in your work. But if your heart is about exalting the gospel of Jesus Christ and elevating God, that's going to look a little different when your work is completed than if your heart is about elevating you or elevating Starnes Cove Baptist or elevating our worship or whatever else you may do. And you can apply this across the church, wherever you're serving today. So if you are in a leadership position, you're a part of a committee, you're functioning in some clerical role in the life of the church. You're just ministering to people by visiting them in their homes or making phone calls with them. You have to go into this work not seeking for people to be taken by how wonderful you are at it, but instead for them to be able to hear the message of Christ in your work. And so wherever you are on any level of responsibility in the church, you're teaching, you're visiting, you're phone calling, you're building buildings, you're singing songs, you're preaching the gospel, you're asked to teach somewhere. When people hear these things, when people see them, this is what should happen, and this is what Paul is honing in on and saying that he's not come with eloquent words, he's not come to impress people. People shouldn't be distracted on either side. They shouldn't come into our building and go, man, this place is a dump. But they also shouldn't come into our building and go, man, this place is incredible. When they hear you sing, it shouldn't be, man, he's really terrible. Why do they have him on stage? <laughs> but, but it also shouldn't be, man, he's incredible. 
When we talk about teaching, if I'm speaking or you're teaching a Sunday school class, it shouldn't be, why is this guy teaching? He's not prepared. But it also shouldn't be, man, this is just the best teacher I've ever heard. And the distinction between those things in the life of the church rests with this. What is our motivation? Is our motivation about doing the work that God's called us to do as a church as he's outlined in his word so that he's exalted? Or is our motivation doing the things that we are called to do in the ways we think are best, sometimes so that we are exalted? Or maybe even Storms Cove is exalted. And so the message that I bring you tonight is a reminder kind of to put in your pocket. It's kind of like that sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago about being faithful to our foundations but being prepared for changes. I'm not bringing you a message today because anything's on the docket, but I'm bringing you this message today to keep in mind as we continue to work together that what we want people to do when they come together on Wednesday, they come together on Sunday, is for the gospel to be highlighted, for Christ to be exalted, and for Christ to be elevated for the message to be what matters, not really the messenger. That's our hope and that's our goal. We want people to leave focused on God, not on us. And we do that by doing well, but not by doing things that draw attention to our skills or draw attention to our beauty or draw attention to our intelligence. Because if people are moved, it'll be clear it was God when they're not just moved by all of the emotions that come with the life of the church. And that's what we want to see. We don't just want people to be stirred by beauty. We don't want people to just be stirred by eloquence. But if people are stirred, we want to be sure that it was God who stirred them. And we do that by making sure the work we do is motivated centrally and entirely by this, the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And if we will keep that as the hallmark of our work, wherever we're working, and this applies to everybody, because some of us are preaching and others of us are greeting people in the lobby and others are making phone calls and others are packing shoeboxes. But whatever you're doing, do it for Christ, not for Starnes Cove so much, not for you so much, but do it for Christ. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day and I thank you for your reminder from Paul's word in 1 Corinthians, ultimately your word, that we don't come with any message but the gospel. We don't come with any aesthetic but the gospel. We don't come with anything but the gospel. And God, help us to trust in this church that the gospel is enough to save. The gospel is enough to sanctify. The gospel is enough to draw people. The gospel is sufficient to build this church. The gospel alone is enough for us. Let that be the call and the move and the desire of our heart at Storms Cove. We thank you for your faithfulness to this place, this day, all these days before, and, and the days ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.